15 and Mark chapter 7. Matthew 15 and Mark chapter 7. In Mark, or Matthew 15, um, Jesus is responding to an accusation that the religious crowd gave to his disciples because uh, evidently they caught them not washing their hands when uh, just before they ate, and they said that violated traditions. And uh, so he made use that as an opportunity to teach them where evil comes from. And uh, that's, that's where we come into the, uh, the, the, uh, the story, the account, in, in Matthew chapter 15 and verses 10 down through verse 20. Let's stand together, if you would, please, as we honor God's word together. Matthew chapter 10, or 15, sorry. Matthew chapter 15, verse 10. And it says, And he called the multitude and said unto them, Hear and understand. Not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of the mouth, this defileth a man. Then came his disciples and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended after they heard this saying? But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father hath not planted shall be rooted up. Let them alone they be blind leaders of the blind, and if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. Then answered Peter and said unto him, Declare unto us this parable. And Jesus said, Are ye also yet without understanding? Do not ye understand that whatsoever entereth in at the mouth goeth into the belly, and is cast out into the draught? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands defileth not a man. Now go with me, if you would, to Mark chapter 7. And in Mark 7, look with me in verses 14 down through 23. Verse 14 says, And when he had called all the people unto him, he said unto them, Hearken unto me, every one of you, and understand there is nothing from without a man that entering in into him can defile him. But the things which come out of him, those are they that defile the man. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was entered into the house from, from the people, his disciples asked him concerning the parable. And he saith unto them, Are ye so without understanding also? Do ye not perceive that whatsoever thing from without entereth into the man, it cannot defile him, because it entereth not into his heart, but into the belly, and goeth out into the draught, purging all meats. And he said, That which cometh out of the man, that defileth the man. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, 
thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, it's good to be here tonight. It's good to be, quote unquote, gathered together. I know that I'm not able to see all of our folks, but... Uh, most of our folks are, are watching online and are being able to see what's going on here. I'm thankful for that. Like, like uh, Alex said, uh, I'm thankful for the, the technology that we have and the abilities that we have to uh, still be able to hear the Word of God together and to sing together. We pray, Lord, that you would just uh, bless this time. And uh, Father, right now, would you please prepare our hearts would you right now please give us ears to hear that we might, we might uh, not just listen to the words, but let them sink down into our hearts. Because the heart is really what the matter is all about tonight. And where evil comes from, it comes from within. So we pray, Lord, that you give us understanding, like what the disciples needed. They needed understanding, so do we. And we pray that, that you would speak to our hearts tonight through your word. We'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. You may be seated. Both of these, uh, both of these passages are speaking of the same instance when, when the Lord Jesus uh, spoke to the public and then, then uh, later spoke to his disciples and kind of unfolded what he was talking about. And, Basically, what he said was this. He says, we, we are defiled from within, not from without. Now, that doesn't mean that things from without cannot, cannot uh, hurt us, cannot harm us. Obviously, the coronavirus is, uh, comes from without, and it can hurt us. But this kind of defiling he's talking about is not a defiling of the body. It's talking, he's talking about a defiling of the heart. Um, one of the things that uh, I did not have down early in my Christian life was the uh, understanding of what true Bible separation was and is. True Bible separation is not just simply adhering to an outward standard. Now, you have outward standards all the way through Scripture. And outward standards are important. I, I heard someone say, in fact, I've heard several different people say this over the years. Well, you know, God doesn't care about how you come to church because God doesn't care about how you dress. Whoa, don't open your mouth and let everybody know that you are biblically ignorant. Okay, don't say something like that. The Bible talks about, about dress all the way through. I was just reading uh, in the book of Exodus where, where um, in my personal devotions, I was reading about how that uh, God specified to Moses exactly what Aaron and the priesthood would wear. Uh, you know, you go, you go other places. Uh, you go to even into Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He gives a parable about a man who shows up at a wedding feast with inappropriate attire, and he's cast out. So don't tell me that, there, that he does not care about, about things like clothing. There are outward standards that, that are listed in the scripture or principles that help us to develop those standards. 
but an outward standard should not come uh, from a list of do's and don'ts. An outward standard ought to come from a, a heart that is right with God. If the, if the, if the, the, uh, the outward things are obeyed, but the heart isn't right, then you're still going to get defiled because it's not the things from without that defile, but the things that proceed from within. Uh, take your Bibles and turn to Luke 6 with me, if you would. We're going to be looking at quite a few different scriptures tonight. Luke chapter 6, and 43 down through 45. Luke chapter 6. And verses 43 through 45. Verse, verse 43 says, For a good tree bringeth not forth corrupt fruit, neither doth a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. For every tree is known by his own fruit. For of thorns uh, men do not gather figs, nor of a bramble bush gather they grapes. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart, bringeth forth that which is evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. What he's simply saying there is that, that right roots bear good fruits. Where do what right roots come from? They come from down into the ground. Where does the, the, the right things come out of us from? They come from inside of our heart. Now, the Bible talks about an evil heart. And uh, I want you to take your Bibles and, and turn with me to the book of Jeremiah in the Old Testament. Jeremiah chapter 3. Jeremiah chapter 3. That's where we're going to start, but we're going to go through several passages and verses in Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 3, and look with me in verse 17. It says, at that time, they shall call Jerusalem the throne of the Lord, and all the nations shall be gathered unto it to the name of the, of the Lord, to Jerusalem. Neither shall they walk any more after the imagination of their evil heart. It's talking about having an evil heart and having imaginations that are wrong. Uh, chapter 7, verse 24. And you'll find this, this is, this is, is uh, uh, all the way through the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 7 and verse, verse 24. But they hearkened not nor inclined their ear, but walked in the counsels and in the imagination of their evil heart and went backward and not forward. Uh, this is where we get the concept of backsliding, okay? Is when you go backwards in your Christian life instead of forward. What was the cause of that? It was wrong thoughts. It was imaginations that was inside the heart. Chapter 11, and down in verse 8. Yet they obeyed not, nor inclined their ear, but walked everyone in the imagination of their evil heart. Therefore I will bring upon them all the words of this covenant, which I commanded them to do, but they did them not. The reason why they were disobedient was because their heart was evil because of imaginations. Go to uh, chapter 16, if you would. Chapter 16, and look down at verse 12. 
and ye have done worse than your fathers. For behold, you walk everyone after the imagination of his evil heart, that they may not hearken unto me. I mean, over and over and over again, Jeremiah is trying to get a hold of the hearts of Israel, trying to get them to repent, trying to get them to see their own sin. And over and over again, he lets them know where the evil comes from. It comes from an evil heart, and it comes from the imaginations therein. Go to chapter 18. And look down in verse 12, 18, 12. And they said, there is no hope, but we will walk after our own devices. And we will, we will every one do the imagination of his evil heart. So again, uh, it's the, the, the thoughts that they had and they were evil and that's what caused, caused the, the uh, wrong things to come from within and come out into their actions. Go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. It's not only spoken of in the Old Testament, but it's spoken of in the New Testament as well. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and look at me down in verse, verse 5. It says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Uh, this is when, when our imaginations oppose the knowledge of God and they take control. Imaginations aren't, aren't just making up you know, fanciful stories and telling them to our children. Uh, they are, they're, evil imaginations are when we think things that are not true and we imagine them to be so. And we'll see how we do that here in, in, in just a moment. And the, the things that can come forth out of these um, evil imaginations. Go with me to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1 verse 51. Luke 1 51. says, He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their, of their hearts. Uh, the wrong kind of imaginations, the wrong thoughts are a product of pride. Now, take your Bibles and turn with me to Romans chapter 1. Romans 1. Are you getting the picture yet? <laughs> the evil doesn't come from without. The evil comes from within. And us thinking on the wrong things. Romans chapter 1 and verses 20 through 25. <clears throat> Romans 1 Verse 20 says, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened, professing themselves to be wise, 
They became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God also gave them up to the uncleanness, to uncleanness through the lusts of their own, own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. A result of, of not honoring and not glorifying God mixed with an ungrateful spirit uh, it, it will cause us to have evil imaginations. And it's not just being uh, thankful for what we have, but thankful to God. Uh, you know, one of the things that has, has always befuddled me is uh, in at, at Thanksgiving time, <clears throat> you oftentimes uh, hear people say that they are thankful for this, that, or the other thing, but then they make a point to say, but I don't believe in God. Well, then who in the world are you thankful to? You're not thankful to anybody. You're only thankful for the things that you have. You're not thankful to anyone for it. You don't have gratitude to somebody. And that's where oftentimes, even as Christians, we fall. We, we're thankful for but are we thankful to? And we're supposed to be thankful to our God. And through a, through a thankful spirit, we also honor him and we glorify him. What, what exactly is, what's a definition of imagination? Imagination is the power or faculty of the mind by which it conce conceives and forms ideas of things communicated to it by the senses. And that, that's coming up with thoughts, it's coming up with scenarios, it's coming up with opinions. Uh, they, can, they can be good, they can be headed in the right direction, or they can head in the wrong direction. And uh, take your Bibles and turn with me to Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. And look down in verse 12 with me, if you would. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12. It says, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Now here when he talks about an evil heart, he's talking about more than just imaginations, although I think imaginations play into to it. Uh, you, you go back to the Old Testament and the children of Israel in the wilderness uh, they did not go into the promised land because of two things. They, had, they not only had an evil heart of unbelief, but they had an evil heart of evil imaginations. And they, they, were, they were saying things about the promised land that really weren't true. And all they were seeing was obstacles, and they were not seeing God. And what, what that does is that, that causes... A, uh, an, an evil heart, and it, it causes the wrong thoughts. It causes a defiling that comes from within. Look down in verse 13 of that same chapter, Hebrews 3.13. Here's a cure, but exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. One of the reasons why I so 
miss us meeting together is because that's one of the reasons why we're supposed to meet together. It's so that we can exhort one another. And when people are not here, the exhorting doesn't take place. And uh, exhorting will keep you from, a, from an evil heart. We need to exhort one another. Exhort just simply means to strongly encourage or urge to do something, not gossip. Gossip doesn't encourage anyone. Uh, not criticism in person, on the phone, uh, in, on the internet, uh, none of that stuff. Uh, that, that kind of thing just tears people down rather than builds them up. So as, as an introduction to this whole idea of an evil heart, I want you to look with me at two, th uh, three things actually that are evils that come from within. Now these aren't the only three, but these are three that God brought to my attention. And, and they're, they're all three of them are called evil and they all take place from inside of the heart, not outside. You know, we, we often, I think, sometimes emphasize, and there are evils that are on the outside that can influence us. There's no doubt about it. But if, if our heart is right on the inside, we'll turn away from that stuff. You know, I believe it was Job who said he made a covenant with his eyes. He said not to look upon a maid. Well, guess what? The maids were still there. And the maids were there who were dressed improperly. We're, we're starting summertime. I, my wife and I were going down the road the other day and uh, in the car. And, and it was a, a warm day. It was one of the first warm days this week. And I looked and I saw people with only half their clothes on. And I said, well, there it goes. <laughs> Immediately they're taking them off. You say, yep, and that's what makes me fall and stumble. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's your evil heart from within that makes you fall and stumble because you can always look away. You can always turn from it. And that's what, that's what Job said. He said, uh, he said I, I, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look upon a maid. So there's three things I want us to look at that are evils that come from within. The first one, go with me to Proverbs chapter 23. Proverbs chapter 23. And we kind of touched on this this morning. Proverbs 23. This is a variation of it a little bit, but it's along the same lines. Proverbs chapter 23. And in Proverbs 23, look down in verse 6. It says, Eat thou not the bread of, of him that hath an evil eye, neither desire thou his dainty meats. Now that doesn't mean that he has an, an eye that's hypnotic. That doesn't mean that he has an eye that's different colors, you know, and looks weird and causes you to do things. No, it's talking about his heart and what, what, what his intents and what his, what his desires are. Contrast this with what it says over in Proverbs 22 and verse 9. Proverbs 22, 9 says, He that hath a bountiful eye shall be blessed, for he giveth of his bread to the poor. And then you go to verse 6 of, of uh, Proverbs 23, he says, Eat thou not the bread of him that hath an evil eye, neither desire thou his dainty meats, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not 
with thee. He's in opposition to you. A bountiful eye looks out for others and tries to fulfill the needs of others. An evil eye is only concerned about himself. An evil eye is a covetous eye. And it, that's obvious by, by the, the phrase, his heart is not with thee. In other words, he has ulterior motives. Uh, we should desire to be with others because our heart is with them and their heart is with us. And when you have that kind of a relationship, then you've got iron sharpening iron. Yesterday, I met with our, our three deacons and uh, we had a, gr a great time. I, I have really missed spending time with our men in our church. And uh, uh, there wasn't always agreement. There were, there were different opinions that were given out. But you know what? There was, a real, there was a real oneness of spirit. And the reason why is those guys are with me, I'm with them, and they're with each other. Uh, there, there, was, there was no contention whatsoever in that, in that entire meeting. And that's, that's because we're looking out. For, listen, when you look out for somebody else rather than looking out for you, you're going to have the right intent and you're going to have the right desires and you're going to look at the right things. Uh, take your Bibles and turn to Deuteronomy chapter 15. Go to Deuteronomy 15. Deuteronomy 15 And look in verses 52. Oh, you're going to have a hard time looking at verse 52. Uh, I'm looking at the wrong reference. Deuteronomy 15, 7 through 9. Got so many references written down here that I'm having a hard time keeping track. <clears throat> Deuteronomy 15, verses 7 through 9. It says, If there be among you a poor man of one of thy brethren within any of thy gates in thy land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not harden thine heart nor shut thine, thine hand from thy poor brother, but thou shalt open thine hand wide unto him and shalt surely lend him sufficient for his need in that which he wanteth. Beware that there be not a thought in thy wicked heart, saying, The seventh year, the year of release, is at hand, and that I be evil against thy poor brother, and thou givest him naught. And he cry unto the Lord against thee, and it be sin unto thee. It says, is, don't let your eye be evil against thy brother. Again, don't rob your brother of that which he deserves and look for ways to be a blessing rather than just to take advantage of somebody. Uh, take your Bibles and turn to Proverbs 28. Proverbs 28. Proverbs 28 and verse 22. Proverbs 28:22 says, He that hasteth to be rich hath an evil eye, and considereth not that poverty shall come upon him. It says if we, we haste to be rich, we have an evil eye. You know what that is? That's just being greedy. That's, that's having temporal values at the forefront. Material things matter the most. Outward things matter the most. And when those values start taking place in your heart, you develop 
an evil eye. Go to Mark 7, 22. Mark 7, 22. In Mark 7, 22, it says, Thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness, all these evil things come from within and defile the man. Again, this evil eye thing is not an outward thing, but it does affect how we see things because of what is going on on the inside of our hearts. Go to uh, Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28. Deuteronomy 28 is the chapter. Is the, Every time I, I, I think of or get ready to read Deuteronomy 28, I think of two words, blessed and cursed. Uh, the, it says, if you do these things, you'll be blessed. And if you don't do these things, you'll be cursed. And it was God's ad, ad, admonition to the nation of Israel uh, before they went into the promised land. Look with me in this chapter down in verses 52 down through 55. Deuteronomy 28, 52 says, And he shall besiege thee and all thy gates until thy high and fenced walls come down wherein thou trustest uh, throughout all thy land. And he shall besiege thee and all thy gates throughout all thy land which the Lord thy God hath given thee. He's talking about the enemy besieging them. Verse 53, and thou shalt eat the fruit of thine own body, the flesh of thy sons and of thy daughters, which the Lord thy God hath given thee in the siege and in the straightness wherewith thine enemies shall distress thee, so that the man that is tender among you and very delicate, his eye shall be evil toward his brother and toward the wife of his bosom and toward the, the remnant of his children, which he shall leave, so that he will not give to any of them of the flesh of his children, whom he shall eat, because he hath nothing left him in the siege and in the straightness, wherewith thine enemies shall distress thee in all thy gates. Here, here, here you've, got, you've got greed, you've got selfishness, there's cannibalism because because they are, uh, they are so much without, they have nothing to eat. They resort to eating their own children and then they don't even, they don't even offer anything to, to uh, someone else who is, who is uh, starving and not able to sustain themselves. This is greed and selfishness with extremely wicked intents. And that's, that's what happens when we begin to entertain an evil eye. Go to uh, Matthew chapter 6. Matthew 6. And in Matthew chapter 6, I want you to look at verses 19 through 24. Matthew 6. Begin in verse 19. It says, Jesus is speaking. He says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For 
Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. That's key. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, there's the evil eye, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Now, what he's, what he's talking about there is he's saying that, that uh, uh, you can tell what's in a person's heart by what you value. Uh, for, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Uh, the things that you treasure, and it doesn't, it's not always money. It's, it's just the things that you value. And if you value the wrong things, your eye will be evil. And you'll be, you'll be looking at things from a totally wrong perspective. Now, what's the, what's the cure? You know, what, how do you stop? Because that's the natural progression of things. You know, one of the things that you should have figured out by now in the Christian life, if you just let things progress naturally and, don't, and are not proactive in trying to, to push it to the side, uh, you're going to just naturally go in that direction. Go to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. <clears throat> Philippians 2, 3 and 4 says, Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. You know, the, the whole thing starts with pride. And thinking at any time, in any way, that we are better than somebody else. And notice the next thing he says in verse 4. Look not every man on his own things. Why? Because when you start looking at your own things, you start developing an evil eye. Instead, what are we supposed to do? But every man also uh, on the things of others. There's two, two, two things that will give you a cure for the evil eye. Number one, esteem other better. Just, just, you know, treat others better. Not just like you'd like to treat yourself, but even better than you would treat yourself. And then secondly, look on the things of others. In other words, desire to fulfill others' needs more than you even desire to fill your own needs. Now, I realize God gives you resources so that you can fill your own needs. But look to desire and have a desire. Have a, have a want to be able to be a blessing to others. And if you keep others in the forefront uh, of, of, of your desires as far as trying to be a blessing, you'll find that you will fight off having an evil eye. Second evil that comes from within. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6. And in 1 Timothy, please, yeah, 1 Timothy chapter 6, my tang got tangled there for a minute. 1 Timothy chapter 6, and look down at verse 4. It says, He is proud, knowing nothing, 
But doting about questions and strifes of words, whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, and evil surmisings. The, third, third, the second evil that I want us to look at is the evil that comes in from our heart of evil surmisings. Evil surmisings are imagining, suspecting, coming to a conclusion with little or merely circumstantial evidence. I, I, every morning, and my family will tell you this, every morning I, I like to read the comics while I'm eating my breakfast. I am a comics guy. I've been a comics guy since I was a kid. And one of the comics that I follow, and, and I thought of this immediately when I thought of evil surmisings, uh, is a, is a comic, I believe the, the gal who does it is uh, from Canada, and it's called For Better or For Worse. And uh, recently in the, in the comic, they, they sometimes follow a theme or follow a storyline, and the, the woman, I believe her name is Ellie, Ellie and John, and uh, Ellie and John are married. Uh, Ellie just had a new baby. She already has a boy and a girl. Now she has a, a second girl. And uh, uh, John uh, said, listen, I can have my, my uh, distant relative, I can't even remember what she was, uh, but my distant relative Fiona, she, she will come and she can live with us and she can be a help to you. Well, Fiona ended up being a real pain in the neck rather than a help. And after, after just a short period of time, John is looking for a solution to the thing and he comes up with, with this solution. And he didn't even tell his wife right away. He just went ahead and did it because she was at wit's end. He was at wit's end. The kids were, were, were uh, tired of having Fiona around. And so uh, he went out and he looked for an apartment. He told somebody, yeah, I'm looking for an apartment. Then didn't explain what he was talking about. And immediately the evil surmising start. And it started in one person's head and heart. And then they passed it on to another. And by the time you're done, you got four different women that are talking about this deal. And, and uh, he goes up and he, he, uh, he finds an apartment. He pays for the first month's rent and he pays for the last month's rent for try it wants to be a blessing to her. <laughs> he wants to get her out of the house is what he wants to do. And uh, these, these four women get the wrong idea. They don't talk to him, of course. They just evil surmise they come up uh, with a conclusion and this is the conversation that they have one of the ladies says ellie knows about the apartment and this is after he finally had told her and the other lady says uh, does does she know about fiona oh probably not well she should tell should, should he should we tell her oh one of the ladies says not tesca john john of all people Another lady says, perhaps it's none of our business. No kidding. And then the other one says, of course it's our business. They're our friends. How could, how could he leave her like that? Well, listen, have you told Sue? No, no, no point in gossiping. You know, you know what gossip does? It blows the truth all out of proportion, which it was doing. Then John goes up to the apartment. And a couple of the ladies decide to follow him. And they're in the car. And they say, that's it. That's it, Cicely. Cicely. That, that's where John's apartment is. Why would he lead, leave Ellie? 
Well, they say it's another woman. Her name's Fiona. Look, there's his car. He's got her with him. Go before, uh, uh, go before they see us. Boy, she must be some babe if he'd run off with her just like that. Now, the, Fiona is, is, she needs to wear a bag over her head. She's one of those kind of gals. And, and she smokes and she's obnoxious and the whole nine yards. She's a relative. She's not a girlfriend. And so John is bringing the uh, suitcases into the apartment and Fiona is there. And she says, watch the big one. It's got my wine in it. I mean, she's a mess. She really is. And that's one of the reasons why they wanted her out of the house. How did all that get started? Well, it got started by someone taking one comment and then evilly surmising, not giving John the benefit of the doubt. You know, in this, in this comic, one of the reasons why I like to read it is because they've been extremely faithful to one another. They've had, they've had kids. They, they, uh, they have a good, solid family together. And, and there's just a lot of uh, humorous things that go on within the comic strip. But, but if, you evil, if you surmise evil things of another, it's not because you don't have enough information. It's because you have a heart problem. And, you know, we've had less communication over the last eight to ten weeks. And we've not been able to uh, gather together. And the communication we have had has been, has been uh, sparse uh, and, and sometimes cut up and put back together. And you know what I, I'm sure there's been a lot of? <laughs> and I don't even have one in mind when I'm saying this. I'm sure there has been a bunch of evil surmisings if we're not careful. But understand the evil surmisings are, 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 are uh, uh, not because of circumstances or of little bits of information we hear. It's because of us. We think the worst of others rather than the best of others. For instance, have you ever heard somebody, I'm sure you'd never say this, but have you ever heard somebody else say, oh, I know exactly what they're thinking. I know what they're thinking. No, you don't. You don't know a person's heart. Uh, another one is, I, I know, I know what they're trying to do. I know what they're trying to do. I know, I know what they're doing. No, you don't, because you don't know their heart. Uh, and, and, and I've actually heard people say, well, I know what his heart, where his heart is on this thing. No, you don't know where a person's heart is. Now, you know, uh, you can see some of that fruit, but be very, very careful because it's so, so easy to evilly surmise. Uh, evil surmising is when we say, I've got fact A and I've got fact B. I put them together and it's got to be C. Well, you know what I've learned? It's not always C. So it's often something else. If you take your Bibles and turn with me to uh, Revelation chapter 12, this is the company that you keep when you evil surmise. And you know what? If you're a Christian, this is not the kind of company you want to keep. This is not the crowd you want to hang out with. This is not the person that you want to be associated with. Uh, Revelation chapter 12 and verses 9 and 10. It says in the great, and this is in the tribulation period, but it's talking about Satan. It says in the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan 
which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the, into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God, the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them, who? The brethren, before our God day and night. Now that's what Satan does. That's what he's described as. He is the accuser of the brethren. He's the accuser of the brethren. When we evil surmise, when we surmise evil of others, we line up with the devil. I mean, you think back, isn't that what Satan did to Job when he came before God? And, and he, he said, doth, doth Job serve God for naught? And in Job 1.11, he says this. He says this to, 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 uh, to God about Job. He says, but put forth thine hand now and touch all that he hath, and he will, not he might, he will, he will curse thee to thy face. Did he? Nope. He didn't. He stumbled. He struggled. You know, if I lost everything I had and lost my health too, and my wife walked out and said, why don't you curse God and die? I might have a few struggles myself, and I think you probably would too. But, but the point is, is that uh, the devil said, you do this, and he has to, he has to handle this, this thing, and he will curse you to, to your fate. N no, no. He's... he's evilly surmising about Job. In chapter 2 and verse 5, he says, he says it again. He says, touch his bone and his flesh, and he will curse thee. Not might, not may. He will curse thee to thy face. He'll curse you to your face. That's evil surmising. What is it that causes us to have evil surmising? If we can, if we can figure this part out, we can find the cure to the thing. Take your Bibles and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. What causes evil surmisings? 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians 13 is a charity chapter. Charity is the highest form of love. That's God loving others through you. Bible says that, uh, you know, if we have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and and have all faith so that you could remove mountains and have not charity, you are nothing. You're nothing. Look with me down in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5. And this is, well, go up to verse 4. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. You know what an evil surmising is? <laughs> it's thinking evil of somebody. It's not giving them the benefit of the doubt. Bible says in order to get rid of or prevent ever having evil surmisings, we need to have charity. I, you, know what, you know what our problem is? You say, well, my problem is I, I, I really shouldn't have listened to the gossip. No, it wasn't the, just the gossip you listened to. It was the gossip you believed because you didn't love the people they were talking about. And if you loved them, you would not have come.
come to evil surmisings. You would not have come to evil conclusions. If you hear something off about somebody, do you immediately jump to a conclusion and, and put the hammer down on them? That's evil surmisings. And the Bible says, charity thinketh no evil. Thinketh no evil. They think the best of somebody, not the worst of somebody. And so what our problem is, when we, when we have evil surmisings, that comes from within, and it comes because we don't have a proper love for others. And one last thing. Go to Numbers chapter 13. Third evil that comes from within. Numbers 13. In Numbers 13, we find that the ten spies went out, and spied out the land, excuse me, 12 spies went out and spied out the land. 10 came back and said, we can't, we can't go into the land because of the opposition. And then two came back, of course, that was Joshua and Caleb, and said, we can. God's given us the land, let's go. But look with me in, in Numbers 13, verses 25 down through 33. And verse 25 says, and they returned from searching of the land after 40 days. And so now this is the report. Verse 26, And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to, to Kadesh and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, We came unto the land whither thou uh, sentest us and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. And he didn't say that because he thought that they were tough and stronger, but because they had a God who told them that he would give them the land. And verse 31 says, But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel saying the land uh, through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof and all the people that we saw in it are men of a great stature and there we saw the giants the sons of Anak which come of the giants and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers and so we were in their, in their sight. Uh, now they gave an evil report. Evil reports have a tendency to, to give way to exaggeration. They said, well, we, we, were, uh, we were in our own sights compared to them as grasshoppers. Do you realize how, how tall those boogers would have had to been? <laughs> had that been the case, uh, they, would have, they would have been way, way beyond. Uh, if they were they were grasshoppers in comparison, so it's given to exaggeration. Uh, with an evil report, they saw the same thing that Joshua and Caleb saw. 
Joshua and Caleb saw the, saw the giants, saw the land, saw the, the, uh, the fruits thereof. They saw it all. What was the difference? Why did Joshua and Caleb come back with a good report? But the ten came back with an evil report of the land. Here's the key. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. In Hebrews chapter 3, look down in verse 17 through 19. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 17 through, I'm sorry, 17. Let me take a look at that again. Be 17. And 18 and 19, yeah, 17 through 19. It says, but with that, with whom was he grieved 40 years? And this is talking about Moses being grieved with the people of Israel. Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness, and to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest to them that believed not? Now, these are the folks that came back and says, you know, we can't go in. And they convinced all the rest of the people. And except for Joshua and Caleb, uh, all the rest said, we can't do that. Verse 19, so we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Why did they come back with an evil report? They came back with an evil report because they did not believe God. They did not have strong faith. Uh, they uh, and and the 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 uh, byproduct of an evil report and of lack of faith is complaining. And you find this uh, through the accounts of children of Israel in the wilderness. They complained. They griped. They belly ached. I mean, the whole time they were there. And that was the generation that God said, "Okay, you're not going to go into the promised land." And it was because of their unbelief. Uh, take your Bibles and turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Along with this, with evil reports, go evil speakings. And they, they go hand in hand. Ephesians chapter 4, 31 and 32. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. God says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. All of that stuff can accompany an evil report. I've seen, I've seen people uh, give uh, a defiled report about somebody, about something, about a situation that happened. And uh, they, 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 uh, they defile the person that is listening. That's exactly what those 10 people did. Those 10 came back and they turned the whole heart of the entire nation of Israel, except for two guys, Joshua and Caleb. Joshua and Caleb had not fallen to unbelief. They, they believed God and that's why they had a different response. Look down, look down in verse, if you would, in verse 32. It says to, in verse 31 to let all that stuff, uh, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And here's the cure, verse 32. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven 
you. Uh, what, what God says we need to do is we need to, to trust God. We need to, we need to have a tender heart. We need to realize that God has been gracious and, and kind to us and forgiven us. And so therefore we ought to have that kind of a forgiving heart toward, toward others. Uh, the, the cure for, for, uh, for evil reports and evil speaking is to believe God, have a heart that's tender so it doesn't, it doesn't become evil and evil come out from it, and then have forgiveness in your heart. These are three different evils that come from the heart. We have the evil eye, the evil surmisings, and the evil reports and evil speaking. Uh, evil, evil eye... Esteem other better than yourselves. Care more for others than you do for yourself. In order for having a cure for evil surmisings, love others. Why do we surmise evil of others? Because we just don't love them like we should. And then last of all, evil reports and evil speaking. We need to just simply trust God, have a tender heart, and have a forgiving heart. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, uh, it's been good to have the reminder to us that uh, evil does not come from without and affect us. It comes from within and affects us. And uh, Lord, uh, we need to be keepers of our hearts. We need to uh, be careful of uh, evil speakings and reports. We need to be careful of evil surmisings and of of developing and having an evil eye. Uh, God, uh, I pray that you would speak to our hearts tonight about any of these things that might be present in our lives. Show it to us. Oftentimes, we're so close to the forest, we can't see the trees. And uh, we, just, uh, we just get so close to it, we have blind spots in our own personal lives. We need to have those things revealed. Sometimes, others reveal those things to us. And we're thankful for that. And then other times, like now, through the preaching of the word of God, you so tenderly and kindly reveal those things to us. But we need to have ears to hear and we need to have open hearts. God, as you, as you show us those things, help us to quickly run to the cures. And uh, first of all, confess our sin. And then secondly, correct the matter. We just ask, Lord, that you might speak to hearts tonight, and as we give this invitation, whether it be here in the sanctuary or whether it be in, in homes or in cars tonight, we just pray, Lord, that folks would bow their, bow their heads and bow their hearts and uh, do business with their God. We'll be careful to thank you and praise you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand.